Hi guys and welcome back to Brunch with Bubbles. This one is a bit of a spicy update, declaration, public service announcement that might shock a lot of people. I no longer identify with leftist ideology or with like ultra hyper liberal ideology um, or extremist side views side views what does that mean (laughs) sorry um it's been a long time coming as someone who was a very outward um loud i don't know if you can hear that upstairs it's the time that my neighbors decided to make a noise but as someone who was a very loud forefront black lives matter activist from the south african side who has always held liberal like ultra leftist beliefs without really investigating them or looking at you know comparing the types of media research that i was looking at um it's it's quite a shock to come out um as perhaps more moderate conservative in my views i think this also is a little bit different in the south african landscape and i'm still navigating that i had a very political master's thesis despite it being architecture um and i think south africa is a generally different landscape to the global landscape right um i do want to just really i feel like i've i've scraped over the top of it like I can't explain to you how ultra-liberal, how ultra-leftist, how extremist I was in some of my views, that I'd lost friendships and um, lost, (laughs) like, try to break up with my best friends because I felt like they weren't saying enough during Black Lives Matter. I don't know if you guys remember the whole trope that silence is violence, which, in fact, speaking rubbish that is unfounded and unbased is actual violence that's the actual violence right but i believed and i held these views that actually victimized me for most of my life um a lot of the views that really are centered in the left speak about black women being victims um not like victims of gender-based violence which are real things that are happening in the south african landscape but we really are the scapegoat for left extreme left um, liberalism or whatever you want to call it. Like the blue head ladies, every time I listen to an article, I would listen to a debate or read an article or look online, a lot of the debates between people from the left and the right, um, you have the people on the left saying, their views. When they are challenged, they say, no, but black women, black women suffer the most, black women, this, black women, that, as if we, we can't speak for ourselves. We have a lot of women, white women on the left who have announced themselves and nominated themselves um, as the spokesperson for black women. And it's also quite crazy and insane to do um considering they are very democratic in their beliefs and i think democracy is an amazing incredible thing that we should keep and uphold in society but i also think that the people who are a stand for democracy democracy or claim to be a stand for democracy most of the time um are also the people who are doing the very opposite of like democratic things sorry if my words are a bit jumbled i don't write or plan my episodes 
I just feel that I need to speak about something and I do it. So I'm here. And I've never really had a political landscape. I feel like every time I come into the podcast mic, I get like really aggro because these are my real feelings that I feel like I have to police a lot of the times. And I also felt that this was something that would shock people that I've left the left because I was so outward about it. A lot of the belief systems um, don't resonate with me anymore. I think, though, there is something noble about being liberal in university, um, or at least there is a belief that you are noble because a lot of the media that is targeted and a lot of the teachings and the lessons and the lectures and class that are targeted towards um, university students, it speaks towards compassionate people, right? So a lot of people on either side, but mostly the left, believe that they are you know, altruists, is that the right word? Egalitarians, they believe that these are noble beliefs that everyone should feel accepted. And at the same time, they are perpetuating highly individualistic beliefs, right? Um, A lot of it is based on feelings. Feelings are generally individual, but I, I stand to be corrected because, you know, communities can have certain feelings or whatever. But they just want everyone to feel good. But not everyone, actually, because that's not the truth. They want everyone who believes what they believe to feel good, right? So there's also no quest for truth and for scientific reasoning on the left, despite what media will have you believe. There's a lot of skewing of statistics. There's a lot of skewing of numbers of like all sorts right they speak about a lot of things and this is going to be a touchy subject but just as a general like look at it they'll speak towards um say transgender issues um and they will say things like um well 70 percent of people who transition um, are less likely, or 70% of people who transition don't commit suicide, right? I'm just, this one is, this one is unfounded, and I think this one is a guesstimate, but I just want to show you in the way of thinking that will happen, right? They won't say that 70% of people who don't transition also don't commit suicide. They won't say that. They'll say a crazy statistic and then they'll also completely negate the 30%, right? Um, We'll speak about even touchier subjects. I don't know how far I want to delve into things, but even um, let's maybe speak about feminism. Um, For most of my life, since I heard about feminism, I believed in it. And I think at the crux of what feminism is, and what a lot of people explain the the root and pure ideology of feminism, there is goodness there, right? But what has happened is that it's morphed into something beyond what I can stand for and believe. What I've also seen is that um, it speaks a lot towards, it's, it's a lot about hating men. A lot of it is founded in resentment. And that is inherently selfish. Like when you have a few people on the top resenting men, 
and then really just pushing that out as like some global movement um, that we should all be a part of. And if we don't, we hate women. It's, it's, I don't know. It just doesn't re- sit well with me. I also think a lot of leftists, leftist, leftist people, oh, I don't know where my words are, but I think a lot of them result into name calling instead of really debating and really um, looking into their views and analyzing their own views and comparing it with other things. I don't think everything on the left is bad because I don't consider myself as a right-wing individual. I, I'm someone who's at the quest for truth and is deconstructing some beliefs I held so closely um, that weren't really founded on anything except for what everyone told me to believe, right? So circling back to feminism, I think, as I said, I don't think that it began as a movement wanting to hate men, but I think it has morphed into not even hating men. I think it's morphed into a movement that hates people. And I'm going to explain that further. So on the one, on the surface level, we're calling men trash, which is very counterproductive to our goals as a society. Um, On the other hand, is that we're calling women who choose to hold traditional values and who choose to maybe stay at home, we're calling them weak. We're saying that they're holding us back. Holding us back from what? You know, the only thing that feminism celebrates is women who behave like men. Okay? And like for me, that is that's when I started being like, something's not right. You know, when you hear something, you're like, yo, it doesn't feel right. Um, I think there's also a lot of like contradictions, a lot of like selfishness in it. it it's self-centered. So everything is, it's my right to do this. It's my right to feel this. It's my right to whatever. And I think also a lot of feminism ha- feminism, why doesn't maybe resonate with me as a South African woman is that it's gone beyond the need and the crux of the problem. I come from a developing country. I think women's liberation is paramount to our, you know, us moving forward in society. And I think we have bigger issues as South Africans than to look at America and want to free our nipples and grow our armpit hairs. I don't think that is productive for our society. I think we have the highest rape rates, we have gender-based violence we can stand for. There's some real activism that can be done this side um, that isn't really based on victimhood. And I think if we adopt American ideology, we are going to do the very opposite of what we want to achieve here in South Africa. If we say here in South Africa that we hate men and men are trash and men are whatever, 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 the same men that we would love to protect us in those situations aren't going to want to do that. If I tell you that you are a bad person and you just, you're so horrible. And, and I tell you this based on nothing, but what you look like and how you present yourself. And I say, you're just a shitty person. You suck. Boo, boo to everyone who's like you. Everyone who likes pineapple on pizza, screw you. You're going to hell. Okay. You're trash. If I tell you that, then a week later, I'm like, well, someone else who has who likes pineapple on pizza really hurt me. Please help me and speak to them. Unfortunately, that's not how people work. Like people aren't gonna wanna help you. I think I I I can speak for South Africa. I think to solve a lot of the issues we have, 
we need to empower people generally across the board. Yes, we need to empower women. And I think that is incredible because a, a lot of our efforts have been to empower women here to um, keep themselves safe from a virus or an epidemic of violence in our country, right? That is more often than not perpetuated by a lot of the men. At the same time, I think there needs to be a focus on the men and the culture of perpetuation or whatever they're perpetuating in their cultures. I think there needs to be an understanding of what's happening, a research. Um, we can't just put it all down to psychopaths. We need to say why is there a culture of psychopathy? Psychopathy? Your I knew English would would <laughs> can't carry it long, but but we need to we need to look at that, and then we need to empower men to empower women. Like we need to speak to men, and we need to speak goodness onto them. And I know that sounds like really difficult as victims like and genuine real victims of violence to hear that um but i think when we think about a child okay when you're speaking to a child you want to uplift them you want to motivate them you want to tell them that they can do better that they are meant for better that they are meant for greatness that they are needed that they have a purpose that they are are appreciated and that they have responsibility and accountability within their society. That is like the crux of like, besides like helping a child and giving them the fundamental needs. I think that's a lot of what people are trying to do when they raise children is to make sure that they are conscientious members of society who have self-esteem, who are intelligent, who are critical thinking, who hold compassion. We These are things that we want. And I think that strategy, and I, I'm not to infantilize men, but I think it's, it's fundamental to humanity that we need to feel these certain things. Like we need to, it, there's a lot, and there's a lot to unpack here because they, I'm trying to make sure that my train of thought is sustained, but as an ADHD unmedicated individual as of today, it's difficult to do that. But I think that's going to be important. Circling back, I think a lot of the reason as to why, and I'll stepping away from what I was speaking about before, as to why I'm leaving the left is because I don't think it's necessarily relevant in every case. I don't think it's necessarily relevant in South Africa. I think South Africa has different problems. I think um, hating the patriarchy, whatever that is, is, is not beneficial. I come from a very patriarchal, if you want to call it that, I don't even know what it means. I'll unpack that. But like considered to be patriarchal culture, right? We practice labola. Um, women tend to cook and clean, hold traditional roles, etc. I also come from a family and a cultural background where women are also empowered in their roles at work. They are, we have a 50% women, men cabinet in South Africa. There's no real bone of contentment. I, and I stand to be corrected, but there wasn't really a substantial feminist movement in South Africa, not a real one, where it spoke to both black women and white women and colored women and Indian women and everyone. It was more of a black liberation movement. And with that liberation movement, we we have come to equality um, across the sexes. I think there's other issues 
as I said before about gender-based violence that are, you know, that we can also speak onto. But I think in terms of like economic and political equality, we've pretty much achieved that. Um, also with that, I feel like there's so much I want to speak about. A lot of marches and rallies for feminism hold on to statistics that aren't really, they don't really tell us much. Okay. So the statistics, the statistic will say, sorry, my screen went dark. The statistic will say that men make a, say something crazy like 20% more than women for the same job. Okay. 20% more than women for the same job. For every one rand a man makes, a woman makes 80 cents. Cool, right? What does that tell us? Not much. It doesn't say that men and men make 20% more than women for the same job and with the same level of experience. Doesn't tell us that. It doesn't tell us that women biologically, most women and a lot of women give birth, raise families and take time off work, right? So there's an experience gap there. That's not a bad thing. Taking time off work to raise a human child is not a bad thing. But protesting and skewing to statistics is perhaps a bad thing. Um... There's a lot more statistics that are being skewed and that have made me just, you know, step away from ideologies that I've that I've held on to. I've also been listening to people who are ultra controversial. The reason that I did this at first was to balance my media. Right. So I was like, OK, I'm listening to all of these really um, liberal perspectives. Love it. It affirms what I've believed all the time. Is everyone else on the left? And I'm talking about the global left. I'm talking about like the digital left. I'm not necessarily talking about South Africa and whatever and countries because I think there are some idiosyncrasies there and we're not one homogenous world and that to some degree we are more skewed towards American media for some reason. But I'm talking about the global left. I was like, okay, I'm listening to this. I love it. I'm Mandela. <laughs> I'm Mandela to everything. If you know me, you know. Um, And then I was like, let me listen to other perspectives because surely not 50% of the digital footprint um, or digital population is stupid. I was like, it's surely not because I've met a few stupid people that believe what I believe in and I'm raising some eyebrows. You know what I mean? So I was like, surely not. Let me hear what they have to say. Let me hear what is the counter argument to my beliefs. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to expand my beliefs. And I started listening, guys. Balancing, balancing. And I still do that today, balance. And I couldn't find any substantial loopholes. I found more loopholes with my own beliefs than I did with the the contradictory beliefs. So I found more unbased like belief systems on my beliefs than I did on the other side. So I was listening to people and I was like, wait a minute, wait a damn minute. Like, you're making sense. I used to hate Candace Owens. I used to think she was a traitor. I would call her names. This is during my 2020 rampage, rampage, rampage. And then I started listening to her properly, holistically. And I was like, damn, the girl, she's speaking facts. 
a mandala to her. And then I started adding more people, people that infuriated me. I was like, I don't like Ben Shapiro. Given he sounds like a robot, no offense, and he's annoying. And I actually don't agree with a lot of the things he says. Or maybe I'm adverse to agreeing just because I don't like how he says it, which is something I'm also trying to unpack with him myself. Start listening to him, start listening to Michael Knowles. I have the most respectful crush on Michael Knowles now. I just want to say that. I'm respectful because he's married. Um, And I started really hearing them, hearing my side, then listening to debates. And I'm still in the listening to debates phase. And I was like, yo, either I'm only witnessing the best of the best on the other side, which I think is true, or, and the worst of the worst on my previous side. And then I was like, yo, actually, I don't know. I don't know about that. And in saying this, guys, I don't, like as for my South African audience, all three of you, I want to say that it doesn't mean that I now support South African parties that, you know, paint themselves as being somewhat democratic. or not democratic. What's the correct word? Liberal. Because I, I think in South Africa, we have a different political li- um, climate and landscape. And I think we cannot compare. So I'm, I, you know what I mean? Amandala to my people. I'm still going to say that. But I started listening to people and I started unpacking and researching and looking for truth. And I started to sit in silence and realize that my silence was peaceful and it wasn't violent. My silence was an indication towards myself, who I am accountable to, and towards my, my, my closest community, who I'm accountable to, that I was listening and that I was researching and that I was trying to understand topics before I spoke up on them. Um, I think anyone who is pushing you to speak up before um, you are ready is really trying to soothe their own ego and they just want to make themselves feel better about who they are. I don't think they really care that much and they just want to be the good person and they are forcing you to be what they believe is a good person, Um, which it's not being, you're not a good person when you speak up and stand for things that you don't understand. You're just not smart. And I'm saying this as someone who was also there. Okay. I'm not saying that people who believe in certain ideologies are inherently stupid or that the ideologies are stupid. I'm saying that if you do not understand what you are speaking about, then, and you stand it and you don't want to be told you're wrong, Ah, uh, sorry. <laughs> Next question. I, yeah, I feel like this is a pretty like hard and harsh podcast, and I feel I can speak on end about these topics. But a lot of it is a is really just my announcement and just really my self introspection and uh, well, it's a result of my self introspection and it's a result of my media introspection and just really seeking truth. I think we need to seek truth. We need to understand the other side and we need to seek what is what is actually true. And before we put titles on ourselves, like I'm conservative, I'm this, because I don't think I'm, I think, I don't know if I'm conservative or not. I don't think I'm really conservative. Um, and I don't want to say that I am because I don't want to put 
labels on myself because those labels make me lazy. Um, Another thing I want to speak towards is that I was tired of being called a victim by people who were disguising themselves as my liberator. I remember being a child and just being free and happy and doing one of the best in my class and having just a field of opportunity and taking it and excelling and doing well and making friends despite being a flat flat a fat black child who's a girl and now a woman I was just excelling and then I remember getting to I think it was like maybe grade eight or grade nine and being told I was oppressed do you know how crazy and then believing it being like I remember having the thought like oh I never felt this way but surely it's right because a grown-up is telling me that what what (laughs) like that's so crazy and I was a child and I remember having that that thought I remember because my mom told she affirmed me she was a really great mother and but I remember then finding out that maybe I'm also like it means I'm ugly like I found out that like people for black people like racist white people made everyone believe that black people are ugly I was like I'm ugly (gasps) what I never felt this way I remember being told that like I would have so many barriers to entry and compare in comparison to my white friends and I I remember having resentment towards them I was like why don't I get this privilege right and I grew up in South Africa like we just came out of a part like apartheid like if anyone like the Americans can really pipe down at this moment if anyone I probably should feel like do you get what I'm trying to say like the oppression was like at my back door like my parents my grandfather was in Robin Island my mother you know everyone was a part of the struggle like my dad was part of the struggle my uncle also on Robin Island like I come from a struggle family you know what I mean Um, but I remember like feeling all these things, but not actually experiencing them. Like I do remember having some bouts of like racist experience that I do think was prejudice. Um, like maybe in my matric year, I I, like, I remember a few incidences, but it, it was just one or two of like one girl, you know, making a comment on what is my hair made out of, which was annoying or, um, just you know speckled here and there and I'm not speaking for everyone experiences but I am speaking to something of believing something without critically analyzing it I don't know why I'm stumbling over my word now but without critically analyzing it because the truth of the matter is is that I grew up very fortunate I went to I don't know if you're hearing the Woolworths accent but I went to predominantly um predominantly white schools but and and I think that's also something to be said is why are they predominantly white, but we can also, um, you know, unpack that. But I went to schools that were a lot of money, generally. Um, I think I went to a really good school before I went to the private school that was, it felt like from my memory, 50% black, 50% white. Everyone who excelled was um, across the board, either black, white, colored, anything. Like people, there was a mix. No one was particularly being oppressed. My sister, who was 15 years older than me, so you can tell what time, like what era she grew up in, she was framed on the desk of my 
like former or the former principal of the high school for years. He came to her wedding. She became like my sister's a great success. And I think he was very proud. She was also a prefect then. She was a great success in school. And I think he was just very proud of this, you know, this young woman who's come out of the school. Like he was great. Everyone speaks well of him. Um, but that was like the general experience. And I go from the school, which it, and I think it was incorrect for me saying predominantly white schools, because that's not the truth. I think I had a, it was a pretty good mix at that school. And then I went to another school that was predominantly white. It was a private school. Um, it was one of the most expensive in the country. Okay. And I, I didn't go there on scholarship. I am painting this not to brag, but I, I just want to paint a picture. I, every second year, probably, I wasn't definitely not the wealthiest person at that school at all, but I, every second year, maybe went on an overseas trip. We took regular holidays. I was either every holiday um, or at least twice a year, I was going away. I was frequently flying. I had nice things, nice phones, I had iPhones. I had a really good experience. My parents weren't extremely rich. Like we did have some, you know, struggles here and there, but in the grand scheme of things, not really. You know what I'm trying to say? And I see I've got a recording time limit. Um, we're going to take a little... Well, it's not going to be any much of a break for you, but I'm going to pause. So if it sounds weird, I've paused. So all of this to say is that I grew up very, very privileged in the top 1%, I believe, of privilege in this country. Um, not the richest person. My parents worked very hard. My my dad grew up incredibly poor. Um, I want to laugh at myself because I sound like one of those, like... <laughs> chads from america like yeah my parents worked really hard for, but this is i want to paint a reality after i finished my years at this private school i finished with the top 10 amount of a's i was in the school newspaper no bar to entry there i went to study architecture um got accepted quite like in my interview because of how well i was doing academically did fail my first year of architecture was humbled <laughs> for the first time in my life but that wasn't because of a lack of access that was because i was you know ready to press but also partying too much and now i was exposed to alcohol and so that has like adverse effects to a young adolescent you know a 19 year old girl you know so that's the reality of the fact i then go on to like I continue, I get my bachelor's, I get my honors. My honors year, I it was during COVID because I was at home and I had space and a large garden and lots of rooms. It was just me and my mom and my dad in a house that was built for a family of eight, if not more. And my grand was there. We got two German Shepherd dogs. Life got a bit tough for my family at that point, like very, very tough. Like things started happening. But at the same time, I did the best I'd ever done in my university academic career. I got invited into the Golden Key Society. I'm I'm painting this picture not to brag, but to tell you why it made no sense in that very year, 2020, that I decided that I was a victim and that I didn't have privilege and that people were more privileged than me. And that I had so many bars to entry and that life was hard for me. And that like, 
and I don't, I do not want to speak for the majority of black South Africans because for the majority of black South Africans, that is very much, I don't want to call them victims because I think um, that is not a great thing to call anyone. But for the vast majority of black South Africans, that, that is a truth. But I want to more speak towards the waves and media, media's impact on our belief systems and how we can really delude us into believing things that aren't true that aren't founded in reality, that have no basis, have no scientific or even logical basis, that I, one of the most privileged people, can decide and stand up and be like, I have no privilege, I, 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 my life sucks, I'm a victim, I am, you know, just, it's so awful, like, how I'm being treated and whatever, when I, it's not. And it wasn't, it was disingenuous of me to say those things, even though I truly believe them, it was disingenuous of me. Um, And it just, it wasn't true. Now, for the umpteenth time, I do want to clarify that we live in a very different landscape in South Africa. And I don't want anyone to take this podcast and run around telling their friends that, well, this one black lady said this, because I don't think that is genuine. And I think that's disingenuous too. What I am saying in this podcast is that I I implore you to seek truth, to be founded in reality, to not be delulu, because I I think there's no virtue in that. I think there's no benefit in that. Because at some point, you're going to be met with cold hard reality and you're going to have lived your most delulu life. And then you're going to be hit by this reality and you're going to fall really hard because you have flown yourself up to the highest cloud of delusion instead of really just like i don't know training yourself and exposure therapy yang yourself to truth i think there's so much more benefit in truth in just so many general like landscapes i will speak about the why i'm anti-delulu girl even though i used to be i'm just going to be turning up my beliefs and i'm going to be subjecting myself to being called a hypocrite because I once believed and stood for these things, but I don't think anyone should be held to the beliefs of the former, younger, not as smart self. Um, but also I do not want to, I don't want to, um, what's the correct word? To, you know, when you leave someone, I'm trying to find the word because I don't want to edit this. <laughs> I don't want to betray my younger self because I believe that she was good hearted. I believe she was highly intelligent. I believe that she did what she believed to be the most right thing for that moment in time. I believe she made impact and she allowed people from different walks of life to think more deeply and more critically and to turn over their beliefs. I don't think she was a liar at all. I don't think that at that time it was so bad to believe those things. I do think now that as we progress in society, that it's good and healthy to change your mind friend of mine told me that, Courtney, shout out. She said it is good and it is healthy to change your mind the same way that it is good and it is healthy to change your clothes and to take a shower. So with that being said, with my little sassy spew of thoughts, 
Um, I'd love to bring this podcast to end. I want to tell you that I, even though I come off as so harsh, because I always listen to my podcast, I'm like, yo, that sounds me. Um, but even though I come off so harsh, I want to say that I do love you. And you're like, oh, but you don't know me. I do love you. I do this podcast because I love so many people. And I want to reach all the people that I love. And I love so many people that I know that I'm going to love so many more people that they're going to be more people that I'm going to love in this world. And you might be one of them. So I just want to tell you in advance that I love you. I care about you. And I'm not saying all of these things because I think you're bad or you're wrong. But I'm saying all of these things to just help you and to make you think about things more deeply and to just really protect you, (laughs) cuddle you, protect you from some of the decisions and some of the friendships I blew up and some of the situations I partook in that were not beneficial to me and I don't believe will be beneficial to you. Drop the anger drop the resentment it's not healthy at all that's scientific to be so angry and to be so resentful stop believing you are a victim you are not you are an empowered woman you are you are a strong thinking brilliant excellent individual you are capable of so much and when you call yourself a victim you dehumanize yourself don't want you to think that you are a victim full stop. You may have been a victim to something, but you yourself are not a victim. Alrighty. I love you guys and thank you for coming to brunch. Brunch is getting spicier. We are serving shakshuka. <laughs> we are serving eggs with jalapeno and we are serving Bloody Marys here because it's spicy. It's spicy. And I want it to be that way. I love you so much. Toodles. Bye.